This is episode number 82 with Tim Klund. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your hosts, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. Welcome back, everyone, to the American Snippets podcast. Thank you so much for listening in to today's show. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. I'm a real estate investor, lifestyle entrepreneur, coach, and the co-host here, along with my partner, author, speaker, and gold star wife, Barbara Allen. And it's our goal each week to feature stories that will not only inspire you, but propel you into action in your own life. These are inspiring stories and interviews from social media influencers, celebrities, veteran entrepreneurs, business owners, leaders, and exceptional Americans who are just giving back both in business and in everyday life. And whether they are celebrities or small town heroes, each guest is a shining example of the American spirit. And today's guest is no exception. Tim TK. Clund is the CEO of Verve Systems, the still secret corporation set to announce its new product lines later this year. He's also the man who died four times after a car accident, and he owes everything to the people who didn't give up on him. Now, making everything he can out of a second chance in life, TK took a leap in his career and nearly lost everything. But with faith in God and his own hard work, he rebuilt his personal and professional life. He's the go-to guy now for celebrity sports endorsements, and he gives back to the veteran community he is a part of. In this episode, Barbara talks with TK about the power of relationships and the importance of faith when rebuilding your business and your life. Now, without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with TK Tim Clund. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. We talk a lot here at American Snippets about how achieving our goals is within our own abilities, no matter what is before us, what is stopping us, what we're facing. The level of success we achieve is strictly dependent on our own desire and commitment to do so. And an important aspect of that is just never giving up. So many people with stories we share reinforce that theme over and over and over. Today's guest, Tim T.K. Clund, is somebody who literally would not be here if people had given up on him. He was uh, dead at the scene of an accident, and the first responders refused to give up on him and revived him several times to bring back. So if anybody knows the importance of never giving up, that would be Tim. So Tim took that second chance, and he moved forward with it. He went full on today. He's an author. He's a sometimes speaker when people are lucky enough to snag him for such. He is a CEO of Verve Systems. It is a performance and safety system, which he is going to tell us a little about later. And he gives back to the community. He is a veteran himself, and he does a lot to support veterans' causes, specifically the Red River Charity Softball Game, which he's going to tell us about as well. It's an annual event. If you've missed it so far, you got to be there next year. Our plan is to be there too. And Tim is going to share today his story of life before and after that accident, the lessons he's learned and how he's applied them to life and help other people who are maybe going through things not have to experience such a dramatic instance to get that message to make the most of every day. TK, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. It, it is, isn't it? 
absolutely is. <laughs> okay, so let's start a little bit. I just threw a lot out there about your bio it's, as it's coming back to me because Oof. I don't want to miss a point. It's all so fascinating. It's so cool. We're going to talk about your book here. I have here the Stop Whining, Start Winning, plus your next book you have coming out. And I got to tell you, I know I've mentioned this to you before, but you know, I, I do read a bunch of books. I love them. And what I love about this book mostly is that it uh, it gets to the point, man. You don't you don't waste a lot of time. You don't waste any time. It, like if somebody really just wants like a, a quick fix, not you know not a quick like nothing's a quick fix, right? Yeah. But if if somebody is just completely at that stage where they're just lost, they're so buried with everything they got going on, they they have no idea how to get out. It just seems so overwhelming. Literally, you could pick up this book. You can read it. If you're a quick reader, I read it fast, but then I go back and get the, you know, go back to get the points again, too. But it will 100% take somebody, like, kind of snap it on. If somebody's really paying attention and focused and wants to figure out, like, that first kind of bolt, that little, like, almost like the little bitch slap across your face. Yeah, that's, that's, what what I, that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. um, so I love it. And I would highly recommend somebody. It's how to transform yourself from underdog to the top dog by adopting these simple life strategies for success. I know a lot of people claim to put that out, claim to put that in the books. There's like freaking bestsellers out there. People are lining up around the block to buy. I've read a lot of them and they're good, but they take much longer to get to these points. They put a lot of fluff in this book. I loved it. I love it. How long did it take you to write this book? Uh, about four hours. Yeah. And you honestly. know what? That's what I find too. When people just get down and brain dump and go for it. Yeah. Like that's the stuff that comes and you can kind of tell because it just comes direct, straight. Like you could hear your mind firing as well, you wrote this. I had a, uh, I got a great publishing group. It's uh, Tactical 16, which is a, a veteran, uh, veteran led by uh, their CEO, Eric Shaw, who is U.S. Army. And um, he'd kind of been bugging me for about a year and a half about writing a book and, oh, do your bio, blah, 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 blah. You got this, such a great, interesting story. And yeah. um, in 2016, I kind of wrote my bio. I reread it. I called him and said, forget it. I just read my own book. It sucks. I would never give this to anybody. Like it's not even, don't even motivate me. And he was like, no, absolutely. We need you to write something. I said, I'll tell you what, if you let me write a book outside your norm of being able to maybe help give some people some direction. Um, cause most of their books are bio books. And, uh, yeah. I was like, if you just let me just give them like kind of how, um, an individual from me that went straight to high from high school to the U.S. Air Force. I got out of the Air Force. It was going to go back to college. I ended up getting in mobile home sales and kind of built my career from there. Yeah. Um, if you let me start and just kind of tell people what I've done from being here to there, I'll write it. And he was like, absolutely, go ahead and write it. And like you said, as soon as I kind of got focused on that, um, the original uh, rough draft was about four hours. Yeah. And um, we went through a few things. And on uh, editing and whatnot and uh turned out to be really a fun book and like you said it's easy to read i'm personally don't like to read myself so I when know. you're writing a book i don't want to keep writing i don't want to keep read reading it and like give me the just give me the z of the how we how we win here it's kind of my whole philosophy yeah um so um that's kind of really what that book is it's just a straightforward like hey here's what i did uh, again I, i'm not college educated you know, I, I took one semester of college in the Air Force. I got a 4.0 and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stop while I'm on top. 
No reason to mess with perfection. One semester of 4.0. I'm a perfect student. I'm, I'm going to go out on point. top like Seinfeld. I'm Thank you. Good night. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. semester of 4.0. High five. See y'all later. I, I feel did good it. about myself. Check. I, I did it. You know, so anybody says, hey, what, what was your GPA in college? Well, the one semester I took was in 4.0. So I feel real good about myself. So I went on that on, on that route. But, you know, the reality is that's really what the book is. It's just, um, yeah. you know, work is smart, not hard for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people just kind of get stuck in a rut of, Maybe this is as good as it's going to be for me or, you know, I don't really know how to how to get to where I really want to be in life or, yeah. you know, there's a lot of that. And I think the book kind of, you know, uh, tells a little bit about my background and what I think about those points. So let's start. So you're, it was your dad who kind of brought you down to the recruiter and said, hey, son, this is what yeah, you're he doing. Was nice enough to get up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I was planning on going to play college football out, out of high school and uh, my GPA fell too low for a scholarship opportunity. And. Um, my dad said, you know what, I'm going to help you. I'm, you know what, I'm going to get you a job tomorrow. I would have had to go to JUCO first, get my grades up yeah. uh, before I could go to Southeast Missouri state. And, um, my dad was nice enough, get me a job next morning. Didn't, we didn't talk about it. He said, just we're getting up in the morning or I'm going to go get you a job. Great. At 8 a.m. We pulled up to the armed forces recruiters and they came to Missouri, all four of them was right there in the same, in, in the same little building, same little shopping center. Yeah. And he's like, congratulations, go pick. Everybody's hiring. I'm going to give you the choice to pick. And I was like, absolutely not. This is not happening. He's like, well, this is happening. And uh, after a little bit of back and forth, about two and a half hours of going back and forth in the car on each other, it was fine. Like, you know what? I'm not going to get through this German Italian dickhead of his. So let's just go in and talk to somebody. So we went in Air Force recruiter. And by the time we came out, we looked like we were on a college recruiter. We, that's when they used to give the good stuff. I think we even oh, yeah, came yeah. out with the phone. Air Force number one. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was only 17 at the time. So he actually literally signed for me that day. And uh, that fall I was in the, uh, I was in the uh, Air Force and I actually turned 18 in basic training. Crazy. Yeah. And whenever That's I hear crazy. people who have these stories at this age, you know, everyone relates a story back to their own lives, right? So you know, I have these teenagers. Now one of them is not a teenager. He's 20, 19 and 17 and a 15 year old. And I'm like, Oh, man, looking at them, I don't know if I could go down and sign them. I mean, different times, of course, too, right? You weren't in combat then. But still, still, uh, I, I uh, hats off to your dad. And that had to kind of be difficult for him, too. You know, like, it's hard, even no, when your kid doesn't want to do it, and you know it's best no, no, for them. But he, he knew he's out of here. He's like, this kid's out of here. So I was the oldest of five, and yeah. uh, he, was, he was Army. My grandfather was Army, um, retired Army. And uh, that's probably the reason why I didn't pick Army. Cause I was like truck driver, truck driver. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. I got a career here Yeah. and my uncle had was in the air force and he had done real well after the air force. And that's why it was kind of directed towards the air force. And, um, yeah, best salesman I ever met it was that it was that armed forces recruiter. In that's the air true. Force. Everybody's selling something. Right. And they sold you good. I hear a lot of stories. Like, about dude, on that the way yeah. Yeah. And then about yeah. three months later, when I finally woke up in basic training going a dirty rascal, <laughs> I go back home on you. Know, I'm going to freaking get that guy. No, yep. just kidding. But I it's know. all good. Yeah. It's, I hear a lot about that too. Think, so uh, six and a half years later, yeah. I got out and um, actually got out on early out with honorable uh, during Clinton administration to actually go play back to Southeast Missouri and play college football. My little brother was already playing there and I thought it'd be fun yeah. for us to kind of play together and walk on. And um, while I was getting ready for that, uh, another dear friend of mine who's kind of older mentor, was like, Columbia, why are you wasting your time on college? Come work for me. 
you know, blah, blah, blah. And I knew he was doing really well. And what are you doing? I'm selling trailers. I was like, I'll never sell trailers. And but you lived in one. I like talk. that when you put it in the book that you're like, dude, I used to live in one. I am never going to sell that to someone. And traps, yeah. And uh, it was like, convoy, come by and just take a look and uh, I'll take you to lunch. And, you know, as a poor ex-military guy, uh, I was like, wow, free lunch, I'm in. So I went there. He showed me the homes at that point. And that was 94 uh, 95 area. So, uh, it, I was just blown away at how unbelievably awesome that manufactured homes have come compared to when I was growing up in those trailers. And, uh, yeah. and then he was making a, a ton of money. I think he was averaging about $7,500, $8,500 a month at that time. And, you know, coming out of the air force at $1,500 a month thinking I was actually making some real money. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at, it's like, to me, that was like a million dollar paycheck, like 80, what? $7,500 a month, what? $8,500 a month at 24, 25 years old. I was like, man, please get me hired. And then he did. Yep. And then I went and talked to Coach Mumford and said, hey, Coach Mumford, listen, because it came down to literally starting to sell mobile homes or starting two a days for Southeast. And I went yeah. to Coach Mumford like literally about two days before that and said, here's my dilemma. What do you think? And he was like, Colin, listen, if you can get a job like that, I've got my master's and I'm making like $80,000 as a D1 coach. Yeah. If you can actually go do that and, you know, you don't have to get caught up in um you know financial debt and all that i mean that's what people go to college for is to be able to get those type of jobs right. so if you can do that that means and uh yeah so he gave me a high five gave me a hug i still talk to coach Mumford to this day you know 25 years later and uh just a great mentor as well and good off to the mobile home as we went so now you're you're doing the mobile home sales which again i just find interesting because i like how there's always these things in our lives that come back right in ways that we didn't think would ever right. come back so and you're doing that and you're doing all right you're building a good business and then you have this other moment in your life that right before you turn 30 right like yep. less than a week before you turn 30 that just kind of brought everything to a slamming halt game changer yeah so i, I was very fortunate i was recruited um from one dealership to another, to the wholesale side, to back to the retail side with Fortune 500 company, Oakwood Homes, uh, which actually brought me down to Texas in uh, late 98, early 99. And um, at that point, I'm, you know, I'm working seven days a week, working on working out two different stores. Hey, um, and I'm going to interrupt you here, which I'm going to do often. Um, that's okay. A lot. It's good because I, I, there was something I wanted to bring up in, in your book. I like how you say something. I want you to talk about this quickly too. So when or people are listening, you know, they hear mobile home sales and like, oh, okay, you know, like, why should I listen to this? Right. But you went to like the top of the industry and we're getting there. And then you left that to do something else. But everything that you do has been sales. You became a professional athlete representative, which is super cool. And we're going to get to that too. But how, please talk for a minute because you had this one line that can be almost easily, you kind of buried it, not buried, right? Because it's surrounded by so many things. It's not a standout line, but I picked up on it. And you talk about how you just mentioned, oh yeah, and my faults quickly became my assets. And I love that. And I think uh, maybe it should have been, it could be bolded and expanded upon a little because there are people who think like, you know, this is my personality and it doesn't fit into this world, right? If somebody has this drive or has this this tendency or this, talent and it doesn't fit into the world is deemed as a fault but it's because they're not finding the real world to apply that right so what are some of those faults yeah what are some of those faults so like when i was in the air force uh i was overly blessed i was very spoiled you know i played sports all the time um the biggest thing was uh i was an electrician in the air force 
which was like the last job I really wanted to do was yeah. high voltage electrical. Um, I did it. It was, I had a great group that I worked with, but it wasn't my passion. Yeah. And, um, so when I got out, you know, I thought at first, when I first got out, I was trying to get a job as an electrician and I did for a little while, about three weeks. And I was like, man, I'd rather wait tables and have to deal with this. It yeah. just was not fun for me. And, um, so again, you know, what I love doing is people. I love talking to people. I love working with people. I love creating win-win situations. And when I went to the manufacturing home side, that's really what happened is, um, what ended up being my passion of working with people, helping people, yeah. building relationships. That's what happened in the manufacturing home industry. And that's really why I think for me personally, um, it never was about the money. It was just really about helping people. And that's really where I think a lot of people get stuck is a lot of people only focus on money and what what's in it for them, not what's in it for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really have any money. So I was like looking at these people as how my mom might've been coming in there looking for a home or, yeah. You know, when I was growing up in a manufacturing home that, you know, didn't have a lot of money, but this is like, this is their dream home. Right. And so it was an exciting experience and I wanted to make it an exciting experience for people. And we had a lot of fun doing it. And that's one reason why I think uh, for me personally, I, I, I kind of went up the, the chart so fast. It's just because of the relationships. And um, yeah. so again, you know, coming down here uh, to Texas, I was working seven days a week. It was just kind of pure craziness. And um, then I was in a car accident and, um, you know, they literally called my wife and got a hold of my brother and was like, look, he's on rest. We're going to put him on respirator. He ain't going to make it. Yeah. So if you come see him, you better come see him. But at and, the scene uh, of that accident, you were flatlined. Oh, I was, and, yeah, and they I, brought you back. Yeah. Four times. On the scene, um, on the way to the hospital, yeah. on the care flight, uh, at the hospital, in ICU, um, they finally got me uh I guess, I don't know where I was kind of, you know, middled out and, um, you know, and again, they made the calls and, you know, my family came down. I think I woke up about two days later after it, yeah. um, had completely smashed my whole face. Uh, you know, my brother came in ICU. He's like, dude, I don't want to tell you this, but have you looked in the mirror yet? No, he goes, you look like sloth off Goonies. Don't look in the mirror. Yeah. My eye was hanging down here. My head was all lumped up and, uh, you know, everybody, you know, kind of kept their sense of humor about it. And, um, so do it you ever stop that. to think, though, here I am interrupting again, because you don't take a breath, man, TK. I could I can mess with you, by the way, because I know you. But uh, <laughs> um, do you I'm ever try to get off <laughs> within about five hours? <laughs> I know. And this is what happened. I find a lot of people who are like on the go, 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 go. They just that's how they talk to. So um, do you ever stop to think like what if a single one of those people had given up, just said this guy is flatline? That's it, right? Like so. Being on the other side right now. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? It's uh, and it needs to hammer this point home because there are times that we're all doing something. We're like, I'm just going to give up. It's not going to make a difference. But in this instance, those people not giving up literally saved your life. I went and actually met some of them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was amazing. Um, even still, kind of lumped up about maybe two weeks after getting out of the hospital, my dad and I, while well, he was still, cause I couldn't drive, I couldn't literally get around. And, you know, my wife worked at the federal bureau of prisons here in Fort Worth at the time. So, I mean, she had to go to work. So my dad kind of got babysitting duty with me for a while. And, yeah. um, we had went and we had went and saw some of them and, and I mean, it was emotional to be able to walk in and go, man, thank you. Um, I appreciate y'all. And, uh, you know, they got kind of emotional and, um, you know, and on the flip side, it was, you know, they were thanking me for coming in because, 
just the fact that they kind of yeah. got to see, hey, all that hard work we put in. Because, you know, the people on the scene don't go in a CareFly helicopter. Yeah. The people on like, CareFly aren't going in ICU. Yep. So everybody kind of has you at a certain point in this, like, okay, we're handing him off to these, this group now. Then that group's going, okay, we got him this far. Now we're handing him off. But they never really always get to follow up, like, whatever happened to that guy? Did he make it? Did he not make it? The CareFly people uh, also came into my hospital room probably about a week after and they all came and visited me. And that was That's awesome. Yeah. So we visited the first responders on the scene, my dad and I, then um, CareFly. That just, I had actually forgotten of that. CareFly guys came in, guys and girls came in my room um, about about a week after, um, once I got to ICU. Yeah. Um, it was an emotional time. My mom was in there at that time. And, you know, of course, she was hugging on them and crying and thanking them. And, uh, and then um, during that time, too, we went, we walked down to ICU to get out of the room and, went thank some of those nurses and for everybody taking care of me. So, yeah, I mean, without them, uh, there is no TK. There's, you know, yeah. not anything going on, what I got going on nowadays. And, you know, that was a, a, a turning point in my life because at that point I was working seven days a week. Um, even though I really love my job, it was still kind of chasing that brass ring. Yep. Um, so even with my wife and children, you know, it was a constant, man, I'm always working. So after the care flight crew came in, it kind of, was this big moment for you and you realize things are going to change now you're working all these days you're not really getting to enjoy it well you know what happened is um you know a couple of things happened number one i kind of started that self-pity party in my yeah. hospital room mom and i was talking to her like hey you know what i've worked my rear end off up to this point i was still only 29 at the point it was, it was a week before my 30th birthday yeah. i was only 20 and i'm going man i have worked seven days a week pretty much for about five years uh, to get to the point that I was getting ready to get to. And, uh, and as I was telling my mom, like, you know, now, uh, you know, the company can't wait for me to heal up. I'm going to be yeah. out of pocket for about 90 days, four months, whatever it was. So they're going to have to bring a manager in my position. I'm going to have to either start back at the bottom, you know, relocate to get a, the same spot, which I know my wife's not going to want to do. And I was talking to my mom about it. And this was, Excuse me. This was the first time that um, I really found my worth. My mom, of all people, she's one of those people that starts a job at 18. She retires yeah. at 65. Watch. She, same dad, same typewriter, computer, whatever. Um, so it was really surprising when she was the one who was like, you know, I would think they would be more worried about losing you than yeah. you worried about losing them. And she was like, you know, to me, I think you would be successful whatever you did. Um, because I, I see how much money you're making. So, you know, if you're making that much money, you have to be making them a lot of money. So I would think they'd be more worried about losing you. And then she, again, she was like, you know, I would think whatever you did, you'd be successful at. And that's really the first time I was like, Hey, wait a minute. I am a value. Yeah. You know, uh, I had always coming out of the air force because I wasn't college educated. I always felt like, you know, oh, I'm not college educated. I really am not a smart person. Barely got through high school. So that was kind of my mindset. Um, so when my mom said that, it was kind of like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I'd always thought that companies were doing me a job, a favor by giving me a job. Yeah. But the reality is we were doing each other a favor. Right. Yep. And uh, so they gave me the opportunity to work there. That was really what they did for me. They trained me. And then again, I produced and was making them a lot of money. And again, I was getting rewarded by making a lot of money. So with that being said, um, it was kind of like, okay, I don't think I want to go back to seven days a week. Yeah. I want to see if I can find something else that I can actually have a better quality of life. 
And uh, so while I was sitting at home, um, my wife came in one day. I'm still waiting for the bells to get done ringing in my head. And actually, I had to have my whole face redone from here all the way around uh, with titanium plate on my 30th birthday, which was October the 13th, 2000, which was a Friday. You got titanium for your birthday. Titanium for my birthday. It's a Catholic mom. She's going, oh, my God, this is not good. Superstitious. Friday 13th, blah, blah, blah. Settle down. We're going to be all right. But, um, yeah, while I was sitting at home waiting for the bells to go off, uh, my wife came in. It's like, hey, what's our game plan? Like, what are we yeah. doing? You going back to mobile homes? What? Are... I was like, no, nah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going back to mobile homes. And it was kind of funny. I was watching Jerry Maguire. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a Jerry Maguire. That's what I want to do. That would be that would be my passion. And she was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I got to take you to the doctor. You literally <laughs> had too hard. You know, you don't have a degree. You don't even know a professional athlete. And I was like, well, that's what I want to do. And um, probably about a week or so later, a good friend of mine from the mobile home industry who had left a few years earlier um, called me and said, hey, we're starting this company. We want you to come in and learn it. The VP we have now is leaving. Uh, so in about 90 days, get in here to learn everything. When he leaves, we're moving you up. And that's how I got to the corporate world from there. Probably not even probably not even a couple months after that, I met my first athlete, Lemuel Stinson from Chicago Bears. Yeah. And uh, he and I started doing some stuff together, and the rest is pretty much history. Yeah, but so here's what I like about that, right, is that when you met him, you developed this relationship with him. He's like, hey, man, you're all right. I want you to represent me. And even though – that's exactly what you had sort of put out into the universe. And then it just comes back into you very quickly after you still were like, you know what? I, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. But, Mm -hmm. but no, like I can't, I can't perform for you. So I, it's not in your, man, I love you. I just, you know, I don't know anything about that industry. Be honest with you. Like I wanted, I would love to help you, but I don't know anything about it. He said, no, listen, I'm going to teach you how to do it. Um, Whatever we make, we'll, we'll split 50-50. And I was like, I don't even need to just keep all of it. If you can educate me and yeah. can, I can help, then I'm in. But I don't want you to put your family's financial future in my hands because I just yeah. don't know how to do it. So he was really the individual that really taught me uh, really all the way around the whole spectrum of working with corporates and, you know, Super Bowl events and the whole everything. How cool is uh, that? I mean, literally joined at the hip. Yeah. No, it so- was unbelievable. You know, he started introducing me to other athletes and that's how it took off. And now your contact list is like ridiculous. The amount of people that, you know, people would you know, spend a lot of money to meet and you just know them and what your network has grown to is cool. And what you get these people to do and how you play it into your life and how you get them to give back. But so what that got you in the industry and we're going to go in a couple different places here because you rocketed up and then you crashed down and you had another athlete come back. And Mm -hmm. and do that. But for somebody who is trying to break into the industry, who into any industry, and they're not going to have somebody like him come into their lives and say, oh, hey, I really like you. Let me teach you and take you up into that very industry that you just dreamed about doing. That's an unusual story. So for somebody who may want to get into something but doesn't have somebody like that come into their lives, what would you have done to break into that industry? that they could also do? Uh, you know, I don't know if I, I could have broke into it, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't know enough. Um, you know, I couldn't get on any VIP lists at the time like I do now. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't like I can be in those parties or those events or um, things like that. So I, I think, honestly, it's just the good Lord put me 
in that position, like you said, you just kind of will it. You know, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's where I'm going. You put it out and there and it came back. Just kind of, kind of shows up, right? And I do that with everything in my life, be honest with you. Like, um, you know, even with my wife, I'm, I'll say, I'm doing this. And she's like, oh, my God, you know, like, you don't even know nothing about how to do that. Yeah. Well, we're doing it. And yeah. like our first Super Bowl party in Jacksonville, and it ended up getting voted number one Super Bowl party in Jacksonville that was open to the public. I mean, if any celebrity or athlete was in Jacksonville for Super Bowl, they were at that party. It was ridiculous. I mean, Jeff Gordon, you name it, everybody was there. Affleck, Matt Damon, everybody was there. Yeah. So that's literally like probably two years after I met Stinson. You know, now I'm throwing a Super Bowl party. Uh, they just got voted number one Super just Bowl party. Just in two years. Yeah. You put years, it out to the universe. It, it comes back to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you-, you know, I think the biggest thing is no matter what you want to do, it's just to show up and, um, you know, just if you want to be in the industry, you got to go to where the athletes and celebs are. But okay. the hardest thing is because they have everybody coming up to them. Usually Again, with security like, guards. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, such a stroke of luck with Stinson to yeah. have met him and, and have somebody go, Hey, I believe in you. And I want you to, we're doing this. Yeah. Um, because I never went to Stinson and said, Hey, I want to be your guy. Right. We just developed a relationship, became buddies. And then he was like, Hey, I want you to help me with all this. So, Has there been anybody that you've met since then that you've brought into the industry you were in because they wanted, you know, have, ha- has a TK yeah, come into I've, your life? Yeah, no, I've, uh, anybody who ever comes to me and asks for help or, uh, you know, always look at their, their background, their ethics, you know, like what kind of individual is this? Because again, yeah. it's my name. If I refer yeah. somebody, if they're a good individual guy or girl, uh, absolutely. I'll make introductions or open doors for them if I can help them for sure. So now, so we're going to fast forward a little bit because there's a lot to get to in a little bit of time. We're going to fast forward your career takes off in that industry. You manage to build it, build it, build it. And then boom, everything comes crashing down and you have this day. Talk about that day because here's the other thing, this tie-in I like, like how you grew up in the mobile home and then you rose to sell mobile homes. Back then it was, was it 94, 95? You went out to lunch with somebody who got you into the mobile home industry. Then your world comes crashing down and it's another lunch meeting that takes it up, right? So two lunches changed your lives. But go ahead yeah, and, well, and talk about getting that. relationships of yeah. having great friends and, um, you know, just treating people. You know, it's all relationships. There's people I haven't talked to in 15 years. I all of a sudden reach out to me one day and go, hey, TK, you know, I've thought about you. I'm doing this now. Yeah. Is there an opportunity for us? And it, it could absolutely be an opportunity. Right. Or can you help me with this? So it's all about relationships in life. And I, I value relationships more than dollar bill. Um, yeah. Those are actually more valuable than than dollar and gold relationships are. But so. Yeah. So I ended up becoming, ended up becoming a VP, started building that company. Another company came and got me, became, exe- recruited me as executive VP to build their company. Um, we, we were killing it. Then 08 hit and yeah. uh, 07 really when it started. And there's another thing that changed my life. We had a customer service guy who was actually at the second company before me. He was 55 years old. You know, he was making about $125,000 a year, but customer service is not a re- revenue generating uh, no. you know, portion of a cor- of a company. So they ended up letting him go so they could put more money on the bottom line. And I went in there to talk to him, kind of calm him down. Dude, you're a stud. You're going to be okay. And this guy's just like tearing the paint off the walls. MF this. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, tell the HR lady, go ahead. And I'll take you from here. And uh, his thing. So just like my mom, he was like, TK, listen, man, you're valuable. He said, don't fall into this trap. Um, you know, I'm 55 years old. It's going to be hard for me to find a job making this much money. 
Um, you know, the industry right now, the whole economy sucks. Like, don't fall in this trap. You're too valuable to get stuck in this. You know, no matter what you do, you're going to be successful. So I would take a hard look at your life. Don't don't get stuck like this. And that really hit me hard in 07. And really for about seven months, eight months, I mean, it was constantly on my mind like, wait a minute. You know, because I had really two careers going. I had work with professional athletes and celebrities and doing that side of everything uh, with my company I created. And then I had the corporate world that was also paying my bills. And my shareholders loved it that I was doing both because, you know, all these top pro athletes are coming up in our office. Yeah. And, you know, we, we get a sweet at the Mavs game. and I'm bringing some of the top current Dallas Cowboys to come hang out. So our, our shareholders loved it. Um, but in uh, 08, they had called me the night before and said, hey, we're having an early morning meeting. Can you get in here on time? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's literally in my mind, like, okay, well, it's TK's time, you know, because yeah. uh, I'm the one making most money, really, even more than the CEO at this point. So it's TK's time to get ready to get to punch my yeah. clock, right? I go in and it was completely opposite. They were like, hey, we need to get rid of half this company today. Financial stress on us. We don't know. You know everybody. We need to get rid of about 80, 90 people. Who's, who are those people? And so the conversation I had with my customer service got VP before he left a year ago, a year before. And then already thinking I was leaving, I was kind of already preparing myself like yeah. it's time for me to jump the nest anyway. Right. So in that meeting, I was like, you know what? I'm not firing anybody today. You can just start with me. So my salary should keep a lot of people's jobs, should be able to keep you all in business for a little while. Um, but I'm not firing anybody. And that was it. I left. I came home. My wife's like, what are you doing at home? <laughs> About one in the afternoon. Oh, yeah, I resigned today. What are we doing for money? So I don't know. I'd rather be broke than have to deal with that stuff. I'm yeah. not letting, you know, have a company go. And, you know, about a year into it, that's about what happened. I mean, I couldn't find every single thing I was doing on the ancillary side all dried up. Um, I mean, it was just the worst of the worst of trying to. I mean, everything. I mean, I couldn't get anything going for, you know, we lived off our salary for mm -hmm. or savings for about a year. We couldn't get anything going. I mean, we were in a position of getting ready to lose everything. And I needed like $10,000, probably like two days earlier. But I literally one day just like, man, why am I fighting all this on my own? Like this is stupid. So I finally hit my knees and I was like, hey, God, I know you're up there. I know you've been waiting probably for me to just hand it over. You got it. Like, I'm not stressing on this anymore. If we lose our house, we lose everything. Whatever is meant to be is meant to be at this point. Like, I've done everything I can yeah. to try to do what we're supposed to do, but I'm done de I'm done dealing with it. So, literally, about two hours after I said that prayer, I got a call from a, a friend of mine that said, hey, we got this mouthpiece company. He was, a, he was a Dallas cowboy, retired cowboy. Hey, I got this mouthpiece company coming out. We want you to help us. Maybe a second call from another current Dallas Cowboy friend of mine that said, hey, getting ready to go to camp. Um, let's go have lunch tomorrow. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can make it to Dallas. Let me call you back. So I literally had to hang up the phone, go check the gas in my gas truck mm -hmm. or my gas in my in my uh, Yukon to see if I even had enough gas to make it to Dallas and back. I'm about an hour uh, west of Dallas. So had three quarters of a tank. I was like, OK, well, you know, last supper worst case scenario. So uh, I'll just go hang out with him and kind of, you, cause you know, you still have to keep your brand yes. up here that, Hey, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm beast mode. Right. Even when just the world's crumbling on the other right. side. Right. So we go have lunch and, um, we're hanging out, we're having lunch and we, we come back to his house. He's like, Hey dude, but hang on, hang on. You're leaving some stuff out. Talk about the morning you got up to go for lunch. Like, so yeah, I mean, so, it was, yeah. would you say it was bad? 
Yeah. It was so bad. This then, is important. Yeah. So even then, I get up, uh, I take a shower, I take trash out, I come in, I'm doing something else. I go to wash my hands before I leave, and literally the water's turned off at the house. Crazy. And it's literally like, it's just like constant punch, just yeah. punching you on the ground, right? And to the point, honestly, it was laughable. It was literally like, I literally was laughing at this point. Like, <laughs> I've been there. You yeah. know, I'm not even going to call my wife. Like, let me just go have this lunch. <laughs> yep. Come back. We'll do it right. And, uh, yeah, we go have lunch and we, he, hey, let's go play Madden up. I'm going I'm to be traffic. And just in my demeanor, I guess he could tell something was going on. And uh, so he's like, hey, dude, come in the house. I got something for you. We go in his house, go in his home office. Throws this big book open, writes this check out, folds it up, hands it to me. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. He's like, listen, bro, this is minimum what I probably owe you for all the things we've ever done. You've never charged me a dollar. You, you've never asked for anything. Like, I know you're getting your rear end kick and you'll never tell anybody I know, yeah. but this is just a minimum what I could do for you. If you need any more help, just call me, bro. Like, just, I'll help you. And, you know, I, I didn't look at check. I put it in my pocket. I told him what was going on. We hugged it out. Told him I appreciate it. Loved him. Got on the road. Got back on the highway heading this way. I pulled the check out just to see. I was thinking maybe 500 bucks, 1000 bucks. It was $10,000. That's crazy. So exactly what I needed. That's what that check was. And I didn't say I need. It yeah. Was. Yeah. And, uh, and that was game changer. I mean, that was, uh, you know, that number one fixed all my financial issues. Got everything caught up. Got yep. us a little head. Uh you know, then I went and saw my other retired cowboy friend about performance mouthpieces, which kind of started me down the, the road to where I am now. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, on again, being recruited from different mouthpiece companies because of who I know, Hey, can you get these guys fitted with our mouthpiece? Yeah. yeah. To the point of me and, uh, a guy from the second or third company I was with decided to start our own company, PX3 brain science, which is still in business, but it's a high dollar custom fitted orthotic. Um, so yeah, all that stuff, uh, so now I really pay attention to every single thing that happens in my life. You know, yeah. like this, now which direction am I going? This happened. Um, and the other thing is just uh, literally like I have a saying around here. My wife's like, what about this? Don't worry about it. What about this? Don't worry about yeah. it. Her, she ace that phrase more than anything on this planet is that phrase. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And, you know, and I just tell her like, man, I, after all this stuff we've gone through, it might be the 11th hour, 59 minute, 59 seconds before God shows up, but he always shows up. Yeah. What are you stressing about, about anything? I mean, and it's kind of ridiculous on some of the things we kind of have a tendency to stress over. Yes. Uh, it, it might not even be financial. It might just, I mean, it's stupid things, you know, like again, like, you know, kids in college trying to get their college stuff done. Yeah. I mean, it's stupid things that we spend energy. So much time. On, yeah. I'm in energy on worrying about stuff that it's honestly so trivial Yeah. Um, that it, when you look back and you're like, why was I stressing on that? You right. know, and I have a tendency to, you know, kind of to my wife, like, see, like how many nights were you like, oh, I'm worried about this in college. I'm worried about, the, I'm worried yeah. about, the, I'm worried, 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 worried. Aren't you tired of being worried? Yeah. Start being, going the other direction in your life because everything always works out no matter what. Yeah. Right? Even if you die, you still going to work out. You're going to heaven. So yeah. that's the worst case scenario. Like, you know, focus on the positive things, not the negative. And I think as a, as a culture, as a human race, we have a tendency to get drawn towards the negative things in our life more so than focusing on our blessings and our positivity in our lives. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I think derails people because if you start going down that negativity, that's my focus. Guess where you, guess where you're heading right down that path. 
Dude, and that's entirely why we're that's entirely why we started this whole American snippets because everything out there is just <laughs> everything out there was just bad, 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 bad. And it was depressing me. I would I would get up and I, I, I had to sit down and think one day. I'm like, why am I so angry? Why am I so hopeless today? Like nothing terrible has happened to me in the last three hours, but I feel shittier right now than when I went to bed. And I, and I looked, looked at all the tabs I had open on my laptop and on my phone and the people's, and it was just this country's doomed. Everything's terrible. You suck, you suck, and you suck too. And that was exactly it. It was that moment. So I hear you. And I think the country as a whole is following that lead, right? Instead of oh, well, following... The other one. angry and yeah, uh, and you know, I think a lot of people, you know, I see a lot of people, especially social media, I think has a big, a big role in that oh, yeah. because it's kind of like so many people post so much negative stuff out there all the time. And like to what end? Yeah. You can really get caught up in all that. I just kind of flip through. I like to focus on positive stuff, yep. but, you know, all my social media posts. Um, and when I speak to people and especially young kids, it's like, listen, man, if, if you're going to be on social media, it should be all positive. Yeah. Like we have enough negative in this world. Like don't add to it. Like you there's know, a difference it, between keeping it real, you know, pretending that everything is wonderful. You can like share your struggles, but not in a life sucks kind of way. Right. Like share your stuff. This was happening to me today, but this happened and somebody came forward to help me. And this is how, you know, like you got to find the balance. Yes, you got to. You know, yes, yeah. Everybody should look to be an inspiration. Or, yeah. or, or motivation um, in everything they do. And, and the reality is, yeah, that's why I tell people all the time. It's like, man, you are not even close to what your value is. Yeah. Like you haven't even checked your own value yet because everybody gets caught. And this is the best it's going to get for me in this life. And they dwell on that. They sit right there. It's kind of like the airplane waiting for it to land. You're just in a holding pattern in your life. Yeah. And that's kind of a sucky way to live your life. It's just constantly circling the yeah. runway with ever, ever landing. Or without you only have one life on this planet and, you know, don't wait till you're, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old to go. Wow. Unless you're TK really, and then you got to <laughs> listen it's hard being TK's wife because, I know. you know, I have the nickname Riverboat Gambler for, you know, for a reason. Like I'm, I'm all in all the time. Yeah. If, there's a, if there's an opportunity to to grow and have some fun, like why not? And yeah. now that I've kind of been through the worst of the worst of the worst, honestly, for me, life is really easy. It really is easy yeah. um, and, and fun and it's inspiring to me. Life is, yeah. you know, I see life in a whole different um, light now that is to me, like I get up every day excited about life um, because I'm controlling it. Yes. Right. Win or lose. If I yeah. do great, it's TK. If I do bad, it's TK. Yeah. So the great thing for me is like, regardless, every single day is exciting to me because it's a brand new, fresh day. What kind of, what kind of greatness can happen today is kind of my mindset when I wake up is like, man, I'm looking for I'm yeah. looking for some great things to happen today uh, because I'm spoiled because it usually yeah. does. And uh, a lot of that, almost all of it is because of relationships that I have. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's kind of funny. A friend of mine who's, I don't know how much he's worth. I know he's probably over 500 million. We were joking with each other. And I said, who's really the most valuable one? The guy that everybody wants to be his friend because he has all the money. Yep. Or the guy that don't have the money and has even more friends, even a, a, a bigger Rolodex than you. So which one is more valuable? Yeah. So again, that's why I put relationships as more valuable than, um, than, uh, the money. And I always think that's why the, a wonderful life is my favorite Christmas movie. I literally watch that show all year round. I really <laughs> feel like I'm George Bailey. I always tell my wife, like, AKA, TK, AKA George Bailey, because, you know, George is always wanting to get here 
but yeah. he's not really paying attention to how great his life already is sometimes. And I think all of us kind of get in that position where we're, we're always focused on this, on, you know, yeah. I want this, but, and we miss all the blessings we're getting on a daily basis. Love it. With how great our life is, right? Love it. All right. So let's talk now before we run out of, you know, we got to end this. You you got the hat on. We've been alluding to it. Tell us about your, your company. Vert. So, so first systems will be coming out in uh, 2019 this year. Um, it actually will be popping out of the bushes in 2000, uh, again, in 2019, but we'll, it'd be third quarter of 2019. And without going into really who we are, what we're doing, um, we really specialize in several products, all in the space of performance and protection for uh, our athletes, our weekend warriors, health and wellness, our military men and women. Um, and it's just a really exciting time. And again, a lot of that is because, again, relationships of friends saying, hey, if you're doing this, I want to jump in with you. Can we can we work with you on this? Can we develop this? Can we grow this? And uh, so, yeah, there's some pretty cool products that will be coming out. Um, in 2019, I think a lot of people are going to be like, wow, what just happened? So, um, but again, the hardest part is kind of funny. I've kind of done everything in reverse. A lot of people have a company. They're like, oh, I got to go find a celebrity endorsement or yeah, these yeah. Great, the military guys and girls that can help us. Yeah. I've kind of gone all that already. And then all of a sudden we have a company and now I'm calling my friends going, hey, check out what we're doing. And they're all going, oh, my God, I'll do your commercial. Oh, yeah. call me. I'll, I'll do whatever. You, I'll take some pictures with your product. I'll put it on social media. So it's awesome. been really fun for my friends and again, of all genres to be like, dude, this is exciting. Count me in. Um, but as you can tell, we're in stealth mode because we yep. just are like witness protection mode. Unless you don't know what we're doing, you don't know what we're doing. Yeah. So yeah. there's a, there's a handful of people that know. And, uh, but again, I think everybody's gonna be pretty excited when we come out. I love it. I, I love it. Guys. Yep. I'm like right now, the kid every day you're looking at the Christmas tree, you're seeing all these fabulous presents. And your mom's like, you got to wait. You got to wait. That's yeah. kind of where I am right now. I, I already see everything going on. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I got to wait. I got to wait. And, uh, but yeah, it's exciting. So you have gone then. And I know you've told me a little bit about what you're doing. This sounds freaking phenomenal. And I'm excited for you uh, to see you kind of push and you're keep going. It's a, it's exciting. I'm excited for you. And I'm, a, I'm excited to see it. So you have gone now. We're going to bring this together. And there's so much more. And I'm going to say again, I would encourage everybody to buy this book. Um, it's not an expensive book. It's not the a long one. Coming. Yeah. You got the new book. We're going to talk. talk to. It's coming out 2.0. 2.0. It's same book. It's been re-edited a little bit. Um, it's been, some stuff is added. We, we had so much success with the first one and literally yeah. haven't done anything I really should be doing with that book yet. But uh, as far as like really pushing it or anything is, again, I'm so overly grateful to all my family, friends and relatives who have gone out and got it. Yeah. Um, the second one is coming out with that, but it's actually a workbook, too. So you can actually uh, take your notes and there's some questions at yeah. the end of each chapter. You actually fill in, fill in the blanks. Type of Love it. And, and I just want it where somebody can take it with them and literally flip it open or, hey, what was that? That crazy dude said about this or yeah. that. Um, you know, and, and really, I just want it to be inspiring to go, man, here's this guy who, again, I wasn't born with anything special. Yep. You know, I tell my kids all the time, like, man, you don't know how lucky you are that you have parents that have friends that can yeah. open up doors for you. You know, the only door my dad opened up for me was the door for the Air Force. The Air Force. Force. Yeah, uh, I know. It, it, so I was going to be an 18 wheeler long yep. or not. So, you know, so people just man, get up, get out get going. And then the other book we have coming out is kind of a fun one called shift happens. Keep smiling. Shift S H I F T. 
Yes. Gift happens, yeah. And uh, with TK's a little sore, you never know. Uh, most people are like, what do you guys? <laughs> but uh, actually, I prefer the other word better. But um, my good friend Ken Roshan, what he does with his books is, again, um, going into an event, going into a situation, and finding the good in it, right? Yeah. And we did this book around the Red River Celebrity Softball Game, uh, which is University of Texas alumni versus University of Oklahoma alumni. We kick off OUUT weekend here in Dallas every year. This will be our third year doing it. But myself, Roger Clemens, Matthew McConaughey, and Toby Keith, and their foundations are all partners in this. So the money actually goes to their foundations. Um, and they, they show up. Get, they typically yeah, show up. Always, the, the, the rosters are phenomenal. The website is www.rrcsg.org, Red River Celebrity Softball Game. Org. That's an annual uh, event, and it raises money for all of those charities. Yes, yeah, the Roger Clemens Foundation, J.K. Living, Toby Keith Foundation, all of them are phenomenal foundations. All the money goes back. It's not like people are, you know, we're paying ourselves. All that money yeah. goes back to the community, back to helping kids. Just phenomenal organizations, phenomenal um, support from the, the different athletes and coaches and, you know, celebs that have gone to OU or UT in this game every year. It's just kind of gotten out of hand crazy fun, but – so we did our book around that. So again, you know, Matthew, everybody holds a, a card, says, keep smiling. And then Ken will get their favorite quote, their inspirational quote, whatever it may be. And uh, so it's really fun. It's really a picture of them and then their favorite quote uh, about keep smiling or something inspirational, yeah. motivational. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's coming out. And uh, we're actually just giving those out free. So awesome. we have a great sponsor that, uh, bought a thousand of those books that literally were just passing out to people to have some fun. That's cool. That is cool. So I'm glad you got the Red River Celebrity Softball game in there because I didn't want to I didn't want to forget that too. And like I said, me and Dave plan to be there next year. It's October 9th. You said October 10th. October 10th. Well, okay, yeah. well, we'll be early. <laughs> so uh yeah and i know october may sound like a long time away now but man time freaking just jets on jets on by and before you know it it'll you'll be calling like do you get your freaking tickets yet so yeah we'll be there we will be i'm committing we'll, right now that me and dave will be there next year yeah we're 20 days yeah. away from our first meet to start getting that game put yeah, together you so gotta do it man month. it happens Crazy. it happens quickly okay so you have gone from you know, growing up in your in your start in your mobile home with your family to a career in the Air Force to selling mobile homes, becoming one of the top sales guys in mobile homes in that area's industry to starting a company or to being CEO of companies and then another company to losing that to building it back to building this whole other career that you just imagined you wanted and seemed a little laughable. You have a huge Rolodex of celebrities, athletes, influencers that are now your friends that come together and you are now giving back to a community, to the veteran community, as well as the organizations of several of those celebrities and influencers who have become your friends. It's quite mm -hmm. the trail. You have built a dream, lost a dream, built it again. So when I say to you then, TK, when we talk about the American dream, what does that mean to you? What is the American dream? to you? I think just having a quality of life, you know, it, it's not about your bank account. I think too many people get caught up in the bank accounts and how much money you have or what kind of cars you drive or what house you drive. I think quality of life to, you know, success is quality of life. If you have equal time between your career, your family, uh, your friends, um, you have a vehicle that works, you have a, a roof over your head, you have yeah. food, man, you're in good shape. You're in great shape. And if you can enjoy what you're doing in life, 
again, that's the most important thing. If you can focus on that first, everything else will come. And I think what happens is everybody goes, this is where I want to be, but I'm focusing on all this first and you miss all this, yeah. the center. So if you can just say, look, this is who I want to be. This is what I want to do. Focus on that. Everything else will come around. Awesome. TK, thank you very much for being here today. What? Okay. Did I get an A plus on that answer? You get an A plus on that answer. We're going to, I'm going to keep you around for another minute after this, because we're going to talk about a couple more things for our core audience, our uh, Make It Matter Mastermind audience. We're going to you know, throw in some extra information. But again, thank you today for being here for yep, this, a, for our American Snippets interview. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. And right back at you. We're excited to see all that's coming. And we're going to continue sharing. And as it gets closer to your Red River Celebrity Softball game, we'll blast that out. We'll get our community there. And when your company comes out of witness protection mode, we'll, uh, you know, we'll announce that with you too. We'll be out by then. So it'll be a good time. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right. So that's where we'll end that. And then we are starting our own little mastermind. Like I said, the Make It Matter mastermind. Um, We're going to implement that early next month. So we're building up our content for it now. So I'm going to just ask you a couple questions and then we'll preface it. You know, when we air it there, we'll give a recap of your story, link be pulled back to this article and then throw these clips. Okay. You ready? Well, shoot. All right, TK. All right. So a lot of people have this one life they're living. They're going to their work. They're going to their job. They're just doing it to pay their bills. But they have this like nagging drive or desire or passion in them that they've always wanted to do. And they're just frustrated, right? They say, like, I don't know how to do this. I can't do this. And they're just stuck. They're so overwhelmed. They're just stuck. Can you give us one actionable step that somebody in that position can take? to begin that process of turning that idea into real life movement and, and action, take their inspiration and turn it into a reality. Yeah. So the biggest thing for me personally is um, I think first thing everybody needs to understand is that success is by design. So nobody yeah. just wakes up successful. Um, you know, if there's a career field you want to be in or there's something you want to do in life, there's probably somebody already out there that's highly successful that's already doing it. Um, so my suggestion would be to copy them, see what they're doing. How did they get there? Go read their story, really understand, learn what they're doing. Um, you know, the great thing is compared to 20 years ago when we didn't have YouTube and we didn't have all these, uh, the internet like we do nowadays that you can literally sit at home and do all the research you need to do on everybody you want at any given time of the day. Um, I mean, if you got a question, you could pretty much get an answer at any time of the day now. And I don't think people take advantage of really using the resources that are out there uh, in the Internet space, in the YouTube world, in the everywhere to say, hey, look, how did that, you know, this is really where I'd like to be, but I don't know where to start, how to get there. Let me find somebody who I admire who's kind of in that field and let me go research them, see how they did it, what they did. How did they get to where they be? Because most stories, I mean, everybody's that starts at the bottom. Most people didn't start uh, like, oh, I've already got, you know, unless you're Trump, I got a million dollars in the bank already. And now let's go get busy. Right. Or I got a great dad that has already kind of ran that gamut for me. Most people are, you know, um, starting at the bottom. I love our veteran community entrepreneurs that yeah, you see so many veterans that are like, I'm doing it, whether it's grunt style, whether it's whatever it is, whatever mm-hmm. T-shirts or you know, uh, Eli Crane with Bottle Preachers. And it's just so many cool things out there. And they just, this is what I want to do. And again, their their quality of life. And I think if you can get to a point where it's kind of like, 
me personally, I got to it where it's like, hey, we're either going to seek or swim, uh, but we're going for it. Like, there's no retreat. Burn and the I boats. It, yeah. It, burn the boats, right? Yeah. You can get to that mindset of, yeah. because I think a lot of people want to go, but then you still got the comfort of, well, the boats are still there if I need to turn around. No, no, no. Burn the boats. There is no retreat. Yeah. You're not going home. The only way you're going home is with these people boats after you've been successful. So I think if you can get in that mindset and uh, really stay focused on it and understand that, um, you know, you're literally going to get your rear end handed to you pretty much every day as an entrepreneur. Um, but if you can understand that, hey, those uh, w- wins and losses and, you know, I can learn something from something that might not be the most positive thing to me. But if I can learn from it to make to move forward with positivity, then you've won. I think if you can start learning that, you'll yeah. be all right. Awesome. All right. And one more question. Can you tell us from your book, one of the little nuggets that we pulled out, you talk about the five building blocks of success. Well, there's a couple of things. For, again, number one, you got to realize before you can do anything, you got to realize, again, success is by design. That's mm-hmm. really, to me, the starting point, because without that, you can't figure out the direction to go from there. Right. Uh, second one would be for me is being structured and organized. You know, you have to be organized in your life um, and structured. Because if you have a lot of this going around you all the time and, oh, I, I started working on this project, but I've kind of got halfway and I've mm-hmm. started another project. I started, You're never going to get anything accomplished. You have to be structured and organized and have a game plan on every single thing you do. Uh, third thing for me is attitude and effort. Um, you know, you have to wake up with positive attitude. Even when you're getting your rear end handed to you again, you still have to go. But, you know, this is just today. This is yeah. not tomorrow. You just, you know, again, you just take the whipping that's part of it yeah. you keep grinding right and the other thing with attitude and effort for me is kind of equates back into passion and purpose at the same time right so yeah. attitude and effort kind of with passion and purpose it's almost the same same thing but if you can understand that this is my passion and some people you know look you might have to work a full-time day job anyway where you're still going after your dreams that's okay you know i'm not saying just you know quit your job and i'm going for it you know like for me to build my dreams, I was working in the corporate setting. I was making unbelievable money as executive VP while I was working with professional athletes and celebrities at the same time. And I was very fortunate that my shareholders loved what I was doing and gave me the, the leeway of, hey, as long as we're printing money, we could care less what you do. Yeah. As long as this organization is running at a high level, we could care less what you do. Go do it. So I was very uh, fortunate to have that going on, you know, for about eight or nine years beginning my career uh, with working with professional athletes to be able to ch- chase my dream make some mistakes while at the same time getting paid. So that's the other thing I would tell people is, you know, um, it's a process, you know, it's not an overnight, you know, yeah. you hear everybody's us overnight success. What? It took the guy 20 years to get here. Like, what are you talking about? It's just yeah. overnight because we just now found out about it. Right. right. But it took the person 20 years to get to this point. So again, attitude and effort. Uh, fourth thing is goals is writing your goals down. I think a lot of people I have, I know what I want to achieve, but Writing that people who write their goals down actually have a 95% greater chance of achieving them compared to somebody who's just, uh, yeah, I think I know what I want and I'm going to chase after it. I literally read my goals every morning. Um, it's kind of funny. I got a three by five card in there on my bathroom mirror. I brush my teeth at night. I wake up in the morning. I read them. Yeah. I brush my teeth at night. I read them. I got them on my computer. Got them literally taped take yep. to my desk by my computer. Uh, I mean, I'm constantly rereading. And then there's days when I'm having like just rear end, got my rear end handed to me. You know what? Instead of going freak out mode or anything, you just go, okay, 
There's a knockdown on the canvas, getting back up. Yep. Let me readjust. You look back again, like, okay, why am I doing this? You know, what, what are my goals here? Why am I doing this? So that's another important thing for me. The fifth thing is uh, being disciplined, you know, yeah. um, just like, you know, and I, as you know, I've gone through the TK transformation over the last year, um, which has been a very rewarding at the same time. Um, it's been really rewarding in so many different levels for me to go from the shape I was in, which I thought I was in decent shape till I saw the before and after I was like, God, what a freaking slob I was. But, you know, to have to eat right, to have to get up every morning at 5 a.m. to go get your workout in, to all the little things it takes from disciplines yeah. to, to be able to achieve what you're trying to do in the gym, your career and everything's the same way. Uh, it's the exact same way. If you wake up late and you're rushing to work late, you know, you might start figuring out which direction you're going like late morning, pretty much mid lunchtime. And there's nothing worse than burning time. There's yes. nothing worse than yeah. looking at the end of your day and go, man. I freaking didn't get anything accomplished today. I would rather honestly go, you know what? I'm just taking a day off. I'm yes. not dealing with anything today. Yeah. Then to freaking be doing that, right? Yeah. And uh, there are days my wife would be like, hey, what'd you? Uh, how was your day? How did you get done? I didn't do nothing today. I literally was like mentally just work, re uh, just research. Yeah. Yeah. I did that type of stuff. I wasn't right. really on the phone today. I just kind of brought it down. I'm just not really in the mood. Mm -hmm. And so, again, picking those things. And then my sixth thing I know you asked for five, but my bonus one, <laughs> bonus one all right. <laughs> bonus round is really just having faith. Yeah. For me personally, having faith in God and really having faith in yourself, right? That, you know what? I believe enough in me that I'm going to get this accomplished. Like, I don't care what the noise around me. I don't care if my spouse is saying, you, there's no way you can do this. I don't care if family and friends are going, there's no way you can do this. You know, you don't, you know me, but you don't know me inside. Like, this is my passion. I'm doing it. I am going yeah. to achieve it. And I think that's the other thing is having faith in yourself that, look, I'm going to do what it takes to get it done and, and expect, again, that you're going to take a lumps, that every day is not going to be perfect. You, you really it's about an 80-20 rule. You 80 yep. percent of getting your rear end kicked equals 20 percent of your success. But that 20 percent is so you know, awesome that you don't realize that. Wait a minute. I only get about 20 percent success as an entrepreneur. 80 percent of it's just a that, complete ass kicking. That is actually you know? a really great way of putting it. That's really yeah. what it is, yeah. right? And, and I tell people all the time, like, hey, man, listen, wake up. God didn't create you to be ordinary. Yeah. He didn't. He created you to be extraordinary. Like, it's in you. Like, I really do believe you can will things to happen in your life. Um, you know, if I need to get a check in, okay, I need to get this. Like, what do I got to do to get this? Or if I need to do this, what do I got to do? If I want to be here, what do I got to do? And if you, Again, your focus goes on that. And that's where your focus is. Guess what? All some good things just seem to happen. It happens, mm -hmm. right? But if your focus is all over the place and you don't even have focus, it's over with. You're going to be struggling. You're going to be stuck in the mud. So again, having faith in yourself, and, and again, for me personally, having faith in God. Yeah. Uh, those those are probably that's probably the most important thing for me personally. It's just not worrying about it. Like God's got it. You know, all I got to do is do my part. Wake up every day. Take take advantage of the opportunities that he gives me just from even this opportunity here to a phone call to yeah. every single thing. I overanalyze everything. Like I get off the phone and go good, bad. Yeah. Or just maybe a new relationship. Nothing came out of it, but a new relationship. Great. Who knows where that's going to be. Right. Everything happens to you for a reason. So Love take it. advantage of attention. Love it. Thank you mm -hmm. so much. You're more than welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right, there you have it. Another episode of American Snippets is in the books. Thank you so much for tuning in today. would also like to personally thank TK for being here and sharing his story. 
If you want to learn more about TK, don't forget to visit our featured article that we have over on americansnippets.com forward slash 082. It's a featured article of the week. You can read about more read more about his story. Uh, you can watch the full video interview we did with TK. And we'll also include some social media links there that you can use to get in touch with him and follow him as well. Uh, we appreciate you being here today. Don't forget to leave us a review on this podcast. If you got value out of this episode or any episode that we've done before, let us know about it. Leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Make sure you tag us on social media at American Snippets. Don't forget to check out the full article on TK, again, at americansnippets.com forward slash 082. Uh, we also have a free ebook that we're giving away called Double Down on Your American Dream. You can pick that up if you want over at info.americansnippets.com. Again, we appreciate you being here today. Uh, again, our mission here is simple. It's to create a meaningful platform that encourages national pride, promotes the American dream, supports those who honorably serve, and spotlights all the extraordinary things people just like you are doing to make this country a better place. We're all about positivity, possibility, and patriotism. So appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time.